causing a major disturbance on my time. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? The I Don't Know Dude Podcast. I'm the dude. Hello, hello. And we are back on the I Don't Know Dude Podcast. Um, I have a really uh, special guest with me today. Um, really old friend of mine, Mr. Ryan Holcomb. How are you doing, buddy? What's up? Good to see you. It's his uh, first podcast. I'm a podcast virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Popping my cherry over yeah. there. <laughs> and so what's crazy is that you are a producer extraordinaire of some sorts, right? I mean, depends on who you ask. Uh, I, I, I've been producing TV for a long time, but um extraordinary i don't i don't know if it's up there it's more of like popcorn bubblegum reality shows yeah um and then i did just produce a show called make or break on apple tv yeah about um it's following the world surf league it's the first time i've done like a true documentary series right so i remember I when you, i remember when you hit me up you're like dude i'm doing this wsl shit like and you got deep into it and all of a sudden you're just like went from the reality tv world to the surf world Real fast. Yeah. Um, well, well, we'll probably get to how that all happened. Yeah. Um, but it was one of the best experiences of my life. I got to work for the World Surf League and travel the world and run the content division of the company and um, learned a lot and met a lot of cool people and great experience. Yeah, it's, it's cool. We kind of, uh, we have some friends. We've been like cross the same paths, you know, because I did a whole surf photography deal, do the whole thing and, you know, do the big wave surfing stuff and, you know, You've actually hired me for a few things in the past as well in that whole realm. It's been great. But when I first met you was with my crazy cousin down in San Diego when you're working for Lionsgate, right? That's right. And, That's right. And, uh, and you're going to do a reality show on my cousin. And yeah. yeah, okay. So I was working in this office doing like clickbait marketing with my cousin. And he is, um, how do you describe APOD? How do you describe Alex? I mean, Alex self-described himself as the person that you should pay to party with. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I think it's, you know, it's exactly what he was. I mean, I haven't seen him in so long, but um, he was just an animal. And, uh, and I, see, I see where he, where, I don't know where, who gets what from, but you guys are similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. He just, he's one of those socially functioning savants, right? We like it's hard to explain. Like he was a self-made millionaire by the time he was eighteen. Um, he just went off the deep end on the go- on the best way. There's like the best lack of better words. Just went straight to the moon with everything he does to the max. So we're talking like just the cars, the fun, the trips, the the personality, the the thought processes he has in his head. Like you just you can just. And that's why you came in with your production. You're like, I need to do a reality. I need to film a sizzle reel with this guy and all his friends. Yeah. I mean, well, at the time, this is when um, like the rich kids of Instagram was becoming like a thing on Instagram. It, yeah. was, it hadn't been a TV show yet. There was no rich kids of Beverly Hills or whatever it was called. Um, but but th- those were like the popular accounts. This was like 2012, 13, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And so... You know, our job at Lionsgate was to always be on top of like what was going on in pop culture. And um, we noticed this trend happening on Instagram. So we found this group of kids in San Diego who were living this like really extravagant lifestyle, but they're all self-made. And your cousin 
happened to be in that group. And so um, it wasn't just a show about him. It was about this group. It was sort of like the Hills, but set in San Diego. We got some birds behind us <laughs> yeah. that are that are fanning he's a, out. He's, yeah, no, he's a, look, he's popping his head up. He loves being on the <laughs> podcast, dude. He's he's always he's always a get, makes a guest appearance. When people start talking in here, he's like, "Hey, I'm here, guys. Come on, let's hang out." He's the star of the but, show here. But yeah, dude. So like, so that, well, here here's was what I was gonna say. So, um, this group of friends was just they were out of control, and but they were really smart. And um, we pitched the show. We pitched it all over town. Um, and got multiple offers on the show. It never ended up seeing the light of day because actually that sizzle, Rich, that sizzle reel was insane. Yeah, but here, here's the here's the defining thing about your cousin is that you know we pitch shows all the time, and so does every other production company and producer in town. Yeah, and network execs are seeing characters right and left every day. They're seeing five new groups of people or whatever it is. Yeah, but years later, I'm talking to the network exec at E, and she's like do you remember that show you pitched me like seven years ago? And I was like, which one? She's like, the one with the guy A-Pod in it. And yeah. I'm like, okay, how do you even remember that? He's the most memorable That many person. years later. Out he's of- the most memorable person on the planet. Exactly. So there, there it is. That's like the defining statement. The fact that someone can pull that out like that is crazy. Okay, so you, I remember there's a, there's a couple funny stories that happened within that little time frame where the when you were kind of pitching it and you're kind of – filming the sizzle reel and they're like oh i want alex to have like a love story with one of their friends but he just started dating savvy at the moment his girlfriend and he was like and what he said he was like he was like i'll pay you like what did he say what was what he was he was like he was dude i have like fuck me money i have fuck you money dude i can do whatever i want like you're not gonna tell me what to do yeah i'll pay you to 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 make it how I want it to be, yeah, type I mean, thing. Everybody nowadays knows that the 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 obvious secret of reality TV is it's not so real. Um, yeah, this was still in an era where people weren't catching on to that. So we were manufacturing things, of course, and pushing the envelope. But he, he was having it. Yeah, he was just he was happy where he was, so he wasn't going to fuck around with us. He's like, but. I am me. He's like, I I sell skin cream to fat women. <laughs> right yeah that was one of his lines yeah um and dude i was working i was running his office like i was running him i was doing the same shit click baiting click baiting you know uh, people who have insecurities with like you know diet pills skin cream all the stuff and we're making globs of money and we're just going out every single night seeing the craziest djs all over san diego and san diego is outside that proximity clause of vegas so you get all the vegas djs come to san diego because they can't really go to la in San in Vegas, yep. so they always did their stop in Vegas, and then the nightclubs in San Diego down the, in 2013 were going the fuck off. It was so wild, and he he would literally buy a bottle. It would be me, him, and you at like a 15 person table right in front of the stage, and he'd make it block off the whole deal. And he'd be throwing money into the sky, and we'd be <laughs> blasting champagne. Uh, Dan Bilzerian and Stevie Oak, he'd be bringing it up on stage, he'd be riding in the boat, and he'd go back to his little island of misfit little toys where it's just me and you hanging out, just like, hey, yeah, what's up? Like, you know, and all of a sudden he'd be like, you know, 16 chicks, just like bottle rats, just wanting to hang out. I'm like, hey, I'm just like, I'm just like his cousin, dude. I'm not rich, you know, <laughs> but I'd play the part. This was the era, though, when, when that was life. Like, it was the coolest thing in the world to be at the table with yeah. the bottles and be it was in, the coolest being thing in your be, 20s. Be in the world and, be at a table with a pod. Yeah. yeah and he'd, he'd be like $14,000 tables. Mm. No fucking problem. 
And I'll be like, hey, can I order some water? You know? Because <laughs> it's not my money. But uh, like, I'll I be should, like, I should have been drinking some of that yeah. water because, damn. Um, but yeah, so that's where we first became friends, right? Yeah. And then, and then um, you know, we ended up going out, out there. We, he ended up buying a place in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And we ended up taking a trip out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you just, we always been in touch. We always doing our thing. And then, you know, a couple of days ago, he hit me up. He's like, yo, dude. I need a headshot. I'm like, I'm going to make you look pretty. Let's go. Except I thought I got the headshot that I loved and now everybody's telling me I look mean. So. No, I know. No, you don't look. See, <laughs> see, guys, we just took this amazing headshot of him. We just, you know, cruise around town, do, do what I do as a photographer. And he did what he did was, you know, look fucking amazing. And I took a picture of him and we were like high-fiving. Fuck yeah, it's the best picture ever. Dope. And we sent it to a friend. This girl goes, you look mean. <laughs> We're like, what? But then everybody else, I, I was like sending it to my boys just to see what they thought. And they all said the same thing. So yeah. now I'm like, fuck, do I need to take another headshot? We might need to wrap this up quick so we can go get, before the yeah. light goes down. Yeah. No, well, we can, um, well, we have that other one. Long story short, it looked fucking amazing. I'm jacked to the test. We're looking great. <laughs> We're jacked. We think it looks great. You guys are going to see it. Where you guys, where you said, you, so you we were doing this headshot because you just got a new job doing. Um, I'm working at a company called Excel Sports Management. It's, uh, it's like a sports agency and I'm heading up the content division there. And uh, Amazing. Yeah, working with all the athletes to get TV shows made for them and et cetera. Right. So you're just kind of just moving on up in the whole reality show world. Okay. So let's rewind back to like how the, because f- like, this podcast, I really kind of like showing, you know, there's people in this world that are kind of like all of us that kind of have their own little success stories. We all have our own little paths in life. We all go in whatever direction we go. And I'm sure there's some people out there. It's like, how do I get into production? How do I get into TV? How do I get into what you do? Because, you know, you're currently living the dream that you've been working for your entire life. And you constantly go up these little ladders, up the corporate ladder, you know, you've been Oh wait, we even went on a boat. We went on a on the on the on the on the uh, what do you call it? We almost, we were trying to film a pilot f- together on the groove cruise. on the groove cruise, where it was four days of debauchery on a on a on a on a boat liner to Mexico. I literally forgot about that. Like that I, was, I see you, and I don't even that memory is so like I, I don't. That really was one know, of the wildest weekends of my entire life. <laughs> Yeah, you you were having more fun than you were working. Well, because we, we so we got <laughs> onto the boat and then like within like four hours, the pilot you were submitting all of a sudden Nelly, you had you had a show with Nelly, right? Oh yeah. And oh, then God, you have a good memory. Four hours onto that boat, all of a sudden he gets a domestic violence. Yeah, thing, right? let's not get into all that. But it was like it was like we're in the middle of the ocean, and I and my phone's lighting up because no, but we were getting ready to film. Yeah, and we had a, a show that was premiering like three days later with with this On crazy e. cast of characters. And what was it called? Like the, the rapper's wives. It was called the Platinum Life. Yeah, the Platinum yeah. Life. Yeah, but and then, um, and then all of a sudden, I was ready and strapped with all this. Cam- I never really did much filming and videography myself, but I was like, I'm gonna learn today. I got all my. I got like you know the. The gimbal ready to go. I ran around town getting everything ready to go. And we started filming a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you just kind of like went side, side, side stage left. And you're like, yo, dude, uh, I'm dealing with the craziest shit ever right now. And all of a sudden, it was just like, all right, um, this is not going to work out. And I just was like, put the camera down and rage tits for the next three nights straight. 
Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be working. No, I know. I know. Um, That was an unforeseen circumstance. But anyway, I don't even think we've given enough color. Long story short, um, it was just like the network wasn't sure they wanted to air it because there was all this stuff coming out on TMZ. And three days before. Three days before we're airing and we're in the middle of the ocean, like with no no service or anything. And I'm the owner of the company at the time. So um, it was just drama. And that, that became my weekend on that boat. But that's probably why I forgot about it. Yeah, we did some gambling. Yeah. That was yeah. fun. So, you know that anyway. little, remember that cash machine, dude, with the arm? There's like, there's like racks of cash. You put in a couple of bucks and the arm comes. I was, I probably was putting 100 bucks in there. I probably got like 80 back. God, I got to ask you about everything. All the other times we've hung out, I, I needed to remember these bro, things. Bro, I got an elephant I the, head. I have bro. the worst memory. Um, okay, so we'll, let's jog it. And, and go like, how'd you kind of like get into it? Like what was kind of like your first gig? So, um, I was graduating in college and I wanted to be a sports agent, ironically. And, uh, was going to go to law school. And then one of my best friends in my fraternity told me, um, you know, if you go be a Hollywood agent, you don't have to get a law degree. And I didn't want to do more school. So entourage was you know, super popular at the time. And I was like, wait, so I have a, I can go be Ari Gold. Okay. Um, <laughs> so ended up getting a job. That's kind in of a cool room. inspiration. It's great inspiration. Yeah. I mean, that was the hottest show ever. It's that still my rad. favorite show. Yeah. I, I could recite lines from that show all day long. Yeah. That was a good show. But, uh, got in the mailroom, ended up working for an agent that repped a bunch of huge producers in the non-scripted genre. And whoa, then, whoa, whoa. Did you say mailroom? You're in the mailroom. I was a mail guy. I was in the mailroom for like three weeks. Hell yeah. And then hustled my way out of there just because it, it, you know, you're you don't personable. Wanna, you don't want to deliver mail. But like, yeah, but like, here's the deal. Like people, you get your foot in the door, you're delivering mail, you're schmoozing with all these guys, all these execs. And they're like, dude, this guy's got it. This guy's got some drive. He's here. Blah, blah, blah. And like, you're personable. And some people just have it, period. People just have, I always have this weird theory. Like you could have put 20 different people in there. Right. And sometimes opportunity can whack people up right upside the face several times and they'll never see it. They'll never take advantage of it. They'll never know what to do with it. And you're the type of person who knows exactly what to do. When someone gives you an inch, you go and without being asked, you take the mile and you go above and beyond what you got to do. And that's how you moved out of the mailroom real quick. Yeah. I mean, I'm super competitive and, and when you're in that environment, everybody's competitive. So it's uh, you know, kill or be killed. So um, you go for it, but you do it the right way. And then, you know, hopefully people start to, um, you know, not only like you, but want to have you around as a teammate. And then um, from there, it's it's just the guy's the limit. And then the moment they're too busy for something and they need to backfill someone into what they're doing, you're the first person in line to do it. Yeah. And I got lucky. I mean, every you know, it's luck meets opportunity, that whole yep. thing. Yeah. Um, but that's what it is, dude. People like people don't understand luck. People have this whole ins- this misconception of luck. Luck is created. But you, you, you manifest the opportunity for luck to happen, right? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it is. And yeah. You manifested it and you came into that world and you murdered it. I absolutely believe that. So that, so. so that was like the first kind of, what year was that? 2008. Ooh. Yeah. I'm an old guy. And what was like your first credit? Well, I mean, it didn't happen for a while. I was, I think I was 21 years old and got on this agent's desk and, you know, worked 24 seven and got yelled at every day and da, 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 da. And then, uh, ended up getting an opportunity to leave after about 18 months to go work for a producer. 
because I was realizing like, you know, I, I was more creative and the agency was more transactional which is cool. And they have, you know, they're, they have, they're at the center of everything. Like so you it's can't a great hold place me down. to be. Like I want to create. Well, at the time, all the producers, especially in this golden age of like reality TV had built these companies. And not only were they the creative ones, they were closest to the talent they were working with. Cause they actually like literally worked with them on a daily basis. And then they were selling their companies for like 200, 300 million. And it was just, it was crazy. And you were seeing the money that was going around. So it was a combination of those things that pulled me in that direction. And this is kind of the time too when YouTube was blowing up and all of a sudden people were pulling the popular YouTube channels down and creating pilots out of that. Just the beginning. Like really like people didn't even take it seriously. You know, I, and there's I remember- a few out, there's a few out, outliers that were like, dude, these guys need an actual network shit. And a lot of the guys I was working with, one of the guys left and he went to go manage YouTube and social media stars and, and he got- Logan Paul and and everybody didn't at the time they were like what is this what a joke this is flash in the pan type of thing and then you know we can look back on it now and the kids one of the richest kids I know and and has an amazing life and and obviously can laugh at everybody that was laughing at him at the Dude, time say what you want about Logan Paul that fucker's an inspiration it's crazy what those guys are doing but anyway yes yeah, so that's what pulled me in that direction and then I ended up getting an, a dream opportunity to start a division at Lionsgate and uh we got to start the non-scripted division over there and I worked with a really talented producer who showed me the ropes and basically made me wear every hat. And it that was, the, those were the you years. You kind of have met, to wear every yeah. hat, right? Cause it's, it's kind of like working at a bar. You got to be the bus boy. You got to be the fucking waiter. You got to be the bartender. You got to be the manager. And then when you, you when you run into the GM, you're wearing every hat. There's not, there's no job below you. There's no job above you. Like you're every job. And then, and then you can, come in and be critical and know how to make everybody around you in those certain positions because you've done those positions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you said it perfectly, right? I, I wouldn't feel right being a boss to someone and not having done their job at some point. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And that was like, what, 2010? I mean, that 11? was the, that was the Lionsgate years, which were amazing. And, and honestly, the greatest company I've ever worked for. Um, and when you see Lionsgate pop up on a, the beginning of a, so, of well, a here, show. Well, here's or a, a story. Movie, I'll, like, I'll tell you a story. Like that movie's gonna be yeah. fire. So the 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 guy that ran the television department, who's now the chairman of Lionsgate Television, his name's Kevin Baggs. He's the most beloved executive in all of Hollywood. He was my mentor, and I went to him one day and I said, "Hey, can you introduce me to so and so, whoever it was, some big executive or whatever?" And he's like, "Ryan, what does the last part of your email say?" And I said, "What do you mean?" He's like, well, "Read it to me." And I said lionsgate.com he's like exactly you can email that person yourself and you will get a response i guarantee you right and um and after it's i like, learned it's like that no lesson, one's not going to take your fucking call yeah after i learned that lesson i was just a madman that guy and the, that, that, that that's the magic that that guy just just oozes from his pores yeah. he just gave you the key to like yo dude you got the fucking passcode the up up down left right left right abs like start unlimited lives ready to go yeah, here's the cheat code, bro. Let's go. It's like you're yeah, Lionsgate. Can't name name four other production houses that are larger. They're all they're all the echelons. Like there's Pixar, there's Lionsgate, there's fucking Lucas Studios. You know what I mean? Like whatever. They're all up there where no one's not going to take your email. No one's not going to take your call. Yeah. Hey, listen to me, motherfucker. I'm Ryan. <laughs> I'm Ryan Holcomb. <laughs> Guy, that was fun. It was fun, and we we had a great time. And that was where I got to work with a lot of in, incredible talent, right? So, 
that became my favorite thing. And I started realizing like, I don't want to do shows about, you know, just random like formats or hunting treasure or whatever. I wanted to work with celebrities, you know, and, and I got along with them and it was a natural fit. And so, you know, that is what led me down the path of constantly working with interesting people that I think were in the zeitgeist. Right. And so I got through the Lionsgate years. like amazing IMBDs, dude. Like there's, there's the well, resumes around you know, the world. you don't know. I mean, where I'm going with this story is like I got to a place where I was fortunate enough to get my own company um, because another studio in town wanted to kind of pull me away from Lionsgate. And the only way I was going to leave if, is if the offer was unbelievable. So You're being headhunted. They offered me my own company and they were going to fund it and house it and all that. And I was 29 years old and it was like, you know, if I fall on my face, like, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I have nothing. I have no wife, no kids, no house. Let's go. Let's just do this. Yeah. And, uh, that was where I met Scott Disick, which was, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably the most interesting, fun, wild, like roller coaster of a time in my life. Um, yeah, what's, so, what's he like? Well, I'll tell you the story. So I had met Chloe and I know this sounds like I'm name dropping and stuff. No, but no, just, but this is the time to do it because people want to hear your story and like how the hell all this shit happens. Yeah. Well, so this I, is a, if you're going to name drop, this is the time to do it. Don't be shy, bro. Okay. So the last show I did at Lionsgate was a show called Revenge Body, which is with Chloe Kardashian. And it was just a format of her helping girls get back at their exes and getting their life together and looking better and all that. And through her, I met Scott. And, um, and he had been approached a million times to do a show. And I literally just launched my company like three weeks earlier <laughs> and we went and had dinner at Soho house in Malibu and, um, so Hollywood and I know, and so then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you guys and, go to Nobu, bro? No, actually <laughs> it was his first time ever at Soho Malibu cause he only goes to Nobu. Right. Um, but we sat down and I pitched him on the show cause he was flipping houses, but like luxury houses. So it was like a baller version of HGTV. And I pitched him on the idea of him doing a house flipping show, but like arc it, do it over the course of a whole season. Let's see what his life looks like. Let's see what his celebrity friends is like. Let's get to know Scott in a way that the other shows haven't shown. him. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, we're going to take out this. We're going to blow out this wall here and we're going to remodel this. And it's going to put a garage here. No, it's more like, Hey dude, um, we're going to be flipping some houses and then we're going to go jump in some cars and go rage. And then, you know what I mean? You're exactly. Gonna, right. You're going to go exactly. do some shit. <laughs> you know, like, all right, exactly call right. some friends up. Let's have a party. Yeah. Yeah. So that started like a three year relationship with Scott and making this show happen. And there's a million stories, but, um, it was wild. I mean, here's what I would say. We could not leave like Calabasas or Hidden Hills without fucking cameras following us wherever we were going, no matter what we were doing. I, I, I swear to God, Wild. if we were walking down a street and Brad Pitt was on the other side of the street, that never happened. But I, I really think that like more cameras at that moment in time would have that was peak Kardashian gone to Scott. Yeah, peak Kardashian. Yeah, it was. well, I mean, they kind of you know, they've always kind of been peak, but like. Scott does like he was he was dating Sophia Richie too so it was just like a it was a whole thing so um you know it was that power couple dynamic and he was like blah 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 we don't need to get into Kardashian shit but but that that was what the era was and so um it it was just nonstop and and he's hilarious but also everything that you'd expect him to be so um, like 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 your favorite type of douche yeah, but also, also, honestly, a sweet guy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but like I'm saying, like I say that in the best, in the best way, most positive way possible, where it's like 
there's some people where you're that successful and you're doing the, that type of thing in those in those types of circles where it's like it's like it's not really an ego that they that they I'd say like have manifested themselves. It kind of like it's kind of like that's the world they're in where it's kind of just there. It seems like it, they portray him as a certain way on TV just for like, you know, the camera candy. But it's like, dude, these people are normal people. These people are just like in this world on a, a, a level that most of all of us can never understand the type of things you care about, your priorities, your your thought processes, your the, how funny you are, the things that are funny, the things that are not, the things you're interested in, the things you want to do, the things you say are just on another level. And people don't understand that shit. This is, this is like, this is a world that is a 1% of the 1% and the world's watching at the same time. Yeah, but he, he was always himself, I think, from the beginning. Like he was public enemy number one when that show first and came out. And that's how you know you're doing good. Yeah, so I think he was authentic about it. Like I never, it never felt to me like he was putting on an act. It, it just, he just has that natural thing about him. So we, we did a show together. It was awesome and amazing and then um and i was you know i guess we were three four years into my company at that point and um a guy named eric logan who actually lives here in manhattan beach he was running the oprah winfrey network at the time and he uh he was becoming the ceo of the world surf league and i knew him because we like to surf you know i grew up in huntington surfing's yeah. always been a part of my life and then um he he was becoming the ceo of this you know, the league that we all watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's pretty much the most ingestible content on the planet. Yeah. I mean, I love it still do. And, uh, and then he, he asked me to come over and run the content division of the company. And it was a question of like, do you shut down your company to like take this other job, but do you pass on the dream job? Like that's what it was. It was merging my passion with my career. Now, would it be possible to keep, to have kept your company and just uh, and just brought someone up from underneath you to keep that going and just nah. kind of like side done it? Nah, it's just not like the same. Like, like a production company side hustle, bro. No, no, no. no. People have side hustles like it's you know a, selling shit on Etsy. You're like, oh, I got a production company on the side here. This, this, that the the entertainment business is so fucking hard and so competitive and so cutthroat that if you're not on it all the time and giving everything you've got to it, like you're, you're not going to succeed. So you have to make those decisions. Um, there's, there's special people out there that have built a reputation that precedes them at this point that they can kind of dabble in that way, but not someone I'm, I'm still growing in this business, you know, pro everybody always say all the time. It's like, dude, we're just older kids. That's like trying to figure it out with no supervision, <laughs> right? No one's like telling us what to do. You can stay up late, go to bed early, wake up early. You know, like I have a struggle myself trying to figure out what to do as a, like a quote unquote entrepreneur myself. Like it's like, dude, either a, you make that cup of coffee and you start pounding some emails and cold calling or advancing in any way possible or Let's go fucking surf in San Onofre or just disappear for two weeks and no one's going to call me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, oh. And by the way, both are both options are pretty good. I mean, yeah. I don't, I envy people that can enjoy their life a lot more than, you know, maybe I do at times. Um, you know, I think we know a lot of those people and it's in incredible that they choose to live and they're not worried about all the other shit. They're not really worried about the money and the cars and the house and the blah, blah, blah. Yep. 
and you know they get just as much if not more out of life you know so i'm into it and and i respect it all i need is some tasty waves cool buzz and i'm fine with the the prophet himself dude how do you just know exactly where those buttons are (laughs) that's what i do bro (laughs) that's amazing all right i want to see what else you got in there god damn it gump you're a goddamn genius (laughs) uh my favorite one's this one (laughs) <laughs> doesn't surprise me yeah doesn't surprise me dude uh but what's crazy i've always kind of crossed we're always trying to cross paths in between all this because like you know ever since like 2013 till 2020 like almost known you what for like a decade now yeah you know we've hung out we've gone on trips together done some cool shit Been to puerto rico had a great time you know the boat shit you know i've seen you at, you know uh, a couple times out in santa monica dude you got a new house now yeah yeah I got to come rage there. Have I a good know, time. I know. Let's throw a little party. Yeah. And it's like, um, and like, yeah, I said, like, you know, you guys called me to do some work for you guys at WSL. That Malibu thing was pretty fun, Tim. Like, I like, I kind of, I work in a weird way where I kind of like, I know, like, I feel like I know like 12 Ryan Holcombs. You know what I mean? And they all kind of call me randomly at times. They do like is random he, shit. Is he better looking now than he nope. was? Oh, fine. Not after that headshot. <laughs> you know, top of the tier. Shit. And it's cool because, you know, I'm, I'm extremely freelance and it's like, you know, it's not, a, not nearly as structured as most people, but it's fun hanging out with people like you. It's like, oh, dude, it's like we pick up right where you left off. We hang out today. You know, it's like, oh, hey, it's like we were just on a boat five yeah. years ago. You know, we're just in Puerto Rico doing our thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just cool. This is how it is. But like, you're so freaking busy doing your shit and I'm so busy doing my shit. And then it's like, you know, you move in there. I do here. I go DJ in Santa Monica. You're in Venice. And it's like, we cross paths here and there and have our fun. And it's just like, hey, dude, now it's like, now you got your new shit going on. And I'm just like, yo, dude, you need a mailroom guy? I'll be mailroom <laughs> you know, guy. You know, here's the thing I love about you though. It's like, I, I don't know when the last time we were on a call together, but um, we, we, we text, whatever, we DM each other or something. But um, I called you yesterday, last night, and was like, hey, um, well, I, I, the point is, is I called you and you answered right away. And <laughs> you're like, what's up? And it was just like, fuck, I love that. And I appreciate that. You know, it's like, it's all about the energy and the vibe, it, dude. It's just like, you know, you, you I told you, I was like, you, I'm never... Like you said, you pick up right where you I'm never not answering Ryan Holcomb's call. <laughs> tell you that much. Because it usually involves some money for you. Yeah, yeah, something, dude. <laughs> I'm going to the honey pot. Um, no, but I appreciate it, brother. Dude, I'm going to pick your brain. I'm going to... I'll be your next intern at your new place, dude. I come, I'll come in, uh, and bring you coffee. Is that, is that dream, what you think it looks I like? A, I have a dream. I've always had a dream because, like, you know, like, I can't be DJing forever. DJing's kind of fun. It's kind of like extra income. But like what I've always wanted to do is be like the director of photography and I have no clue really how to go down that path. And it's like, how does, you know, it's kind of like how you started in your shit, right? You kind of have to be there and in you, people go to go to film school all day long, but they do that to get the internship sitting next to the guy that is the dude that's been doing it forever. And I've always been that guy where it's like, you know, I have my internship at, you know, at, my last kind of real corporate thing was uh, Interscope, uh, you know, Universal Music. And I was running tapes back and forth from the, from the tape vault. Yeah. And, um, um, and that was my job. And I just pretty much said kind of like fuck my task there. And I kind of just made friends with all the execs. 
you know, I was like, oh, let me sit down on this mastering. And this is during the time where they were digitizing their entire catalog from those three inch master tapes from those big old reels that were in that vault that are on the Universal Studios lot off of Lancashire, mm-hmm. you know, and I would have to go back and forth and bring them, they'd order the, 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 the mastering guys would be like, hey, I need this John Fogarty tape that was recorded in 1976, you know, and they'd be like, we need to digitize this because Apple Music just came, is, is going crazy. We need to put all our assets in the digital. And I was that guy, but then I would do that task and then just kind of just puts around the office, dude. And it's kind of be like, Hey dude, like anything like what's up? Like, you know, like just kind of say, fuck all that other shit and just kind of be an asset to anybody around there. And yeah. then this is when the music industry was taking a nosedive and I kind of got out of there and kind of started flourishing as a DJ on my own. But I got a taste of that world of what it was like. And I just, you know, kind of drove an hour out there and my shitty Nissan Altima, you know, and in between my, my, uh, when I got back from college, I was just like, dude, I just, I just wanted to do something. And, uh, and you know, my next dream is being a director of photography or something where it's like, you know, being a photographer, set up the scene, the lighting, whatever. I don't really know much about it, but I know I'm an amazing photographer, right? I have that under my deal mm-hmm. and I know I can set up shit. I know what, I know the look, I know the scene, I know this, but I don't know all the other 98% of what it takes to do that. And that's kind of why I want to sit next to a dude who's been doing that and get him coffee. Right. And just like figure it out. Yeah. Well, that's not me. So I know I'm gonna... saying, I know, it's, I know it's not necessarily you, but I'm saying that's how you do it. People. Yeah, no, it you is. Just, you find somebody who can, you can just get you into this world and you just go and do it for free. And yeah. you have to subsidize your, your, that time where you're doing your shit for free, doing the late nights at the bars, doing the fucking, you know, doing the headshot gigs, doing those wedding gigs. Yeah. And I mean, listen, we, we, I, I've had in, interns working around me like my whole career. Cause that's what people do and that's how they learn. But they, you know, every time someone asks me like, Oh, should I go to film school? Like, I, or, or should I go to grad school? I I'm always of the opinion of like, fuck that. I'm and, like, you're, and listen, in, you're in the school I, I've right never, now. I've never gone to film school, so I can't like say what you do or don't get out of it. But from my experience, that's just like, people are just wasting time. You know, I went to college. I didn't learn a thing about what I'm doing right now, but Dude, getting in all. it, like that's what, or even like these people who are like, oh, I was like went to photography. I took a photography class, photography schools. I'm like, dude, they just pigeonhole you into some way to do things that they teach you. Uh-huh. Where it's like, I'm, it's like one big, I'm one big, you know, uh, like just kind of fail fast type of guy. We're like, you know, I'll take a 80 photos and the one's good. Uh-huh. You know, it's fail. Yeah, you fast. get in, you get in, you you learn from the best, you find the right people to work with, and then one day you you get an opportunity, and you don't know when that opportunity is going to happen, but that's how it works, you know, and. That's what I would advise my kids. You know, one day if I have kids, it's like get in there and, and and just work with the people that you respect the most and learn and and wait for that or or, or find that other opportunity. Find your so, hero and be their shadow. Yeah. All right, we're gonna jump into this. Uh, we're gonna jump into a cool little segment I like to do. Cool. You know what really grinds my gears? What grinds your gears, Ryan? About your industry, because I'll tell you what grinds my gears about this whole entertainment world is the sense of entitlement mm. that people have. Mm. Where it's yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, they look, oh, I did this or I did that. Like, fuck your resume, dude. Are you good? You don't deserve any of this. This is a fucking privilege to be here. It's not your right. 
Yeah. You're not, you're, you're replaceable a thousand times over. You're not that, you, are you that guy? You're that guy. What do you, and sometimes like, oh, like it's like this kind of like, you know, below my pay grade. And it's not. It grinds my gears. What grinds your gears, buddy? You know what really grinds my gears? That's <laughs> um, an interesting question. Um, I think it's, you know, a lot of what I do is, is developing ideas and pitching them to networks and trying to get a network to believe in what we want to make. And you see it all the time. It's like network execs often are buying shows from people, not because they have great ideas, but because they took them to the Dodger game and sat behind home plate oh, last night, yeah. you know, or well, I got to grease. Um, but that's yeah, kind of, and, and I, I respect the game, you know, and I, I, I've done it too, but, but it's, it's, it's frustrating when you see a bad idea sell yeah. and then people see it on TV and they're like, what the fuck is this? This is shit. And you know, that's it's like reality TV, shit. a yeah. lot of shit out there. And then you have a great idea and everyone knows it's great, but it doesn't get made because you know what? You didn't, you didn't play that game hard enough. And uh, there's a point in time where I'm like, I don't want to work like, I don't want to have my social life and my professional life constantly intermixed. I want yeah. to completely separate them mostly. So that I guess is something that frustrates me from time to time. But for the most part, dude, it's all been going good. Like I've, I've had a lot of good luck. What's the move? Like if you're going to sell something that needs to be seen, like what's the move? Well, nowadays it's called packaging. It's all about, who you're putting in the project to make it extra special. So is LeBron James going to be in it? Is he executive producing it? Like, you know, is the rock attached to this thing? So everything that nowadays you'll see, it's like executive produced by, even if that person isn't really doing anything. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've always had this burning question about this shit. You see these shows, right? Like executive produced LeBron James. Like what the fuck did he actually do? What is well, he actually doing? Yeah. Is he actually like behind the camera producing, getting the, like what the, what is his task as an executive? Well, a producer, producer. is how do you produce something to come to reality? Did you just right? run an idea by so, the guy and he goes, yay or nay? LeBron like, has a lot of cultural clout. So when he stamps his name on something, he's saying, all right, I believe that this is something that needs to be seen by the world. And so that goes a long way. And, and I, I, you can't take away from that. But there are other people that just literally slap their name on it and walk away and do nothing. I think he's actually one of the guys that's super active. I think The Rock, if we're getting into all this, is super active. But then there's other people that, you know, they just take the mailbox money and, and move on. So, you know, and you have to be smart about that as someone like myself and know that you're going after someone that brings real meaningful value to something. So, um, you know, it goes both ways. Do you still have things that are being aired? Well, that Make or Break is actually probably my favorite show I've ever done. And it's on Apple Plus right now. It just came out a couple months ago. Right. Um, it's about, it's, so we partnered with the guys that make Drive to Survive on, on Netflix, which is the big Formula One show. It's like what changed the sport. Dope. And, um, and we went to the same production company because they're, they've got the hot hand and they obviously make an amazing show. And we gave them the access that they needed to make our version, you know, surfing's version of drive to survive. And that's what make or break is. So you get to go over the course of seven episodes into the lives of Gabriel Medina and Kelly Slater and John, John and Steph Gilmore. And so sick. yeah, and it's amazing. And it's not just, 
a surfing show, it's like, who are these people? What do they care about? What is their backstory? And also like, what are their struggles and all the things that humanize them? And so I think it's the best show that's ever been made about surfing. You know, I think it's actually done something that no one else has been able to do. You see surfing get fucked up in, in entertainment in so many ways. I mean, I love point break, but we can all laugh at like how they portray surfing. So, um, I think that this is the first one that did it to a place where even the most hardcore server like can look at and like say connecting. Yeah. And then say it passes know, this, the, this, this did it well. Passes the test. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So people go see that. Yeah. Go well, turn just, on your Apple TV. Exactly. Does it say Ryan Holcomb? Right? <laughs> it, it says it somewhere. Excellent. <laughs> um, Fuck yeah, dude. It's rad. So, I like that. It's cool. I learned a little bit about you today too. Yeah. And it's not, not too much that you don't know, huh? Yeah. I know the real Ryan. <laughs> uh-huh. I know you got a new $20,000 jacuzzi. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> new house, just, bro? just fired that baby up. Dude, that thing looks so clean. Like, I mean, if you're going to get this, one, you might as well get the nice one. Dude, that thing looks like the Ferrari of jacuzzis. There's nicer, but this thing, I, I'm good at 20K. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Does that thing like make cocktails for you? Uh, like what is yeah, it? What's a jet fuel like? It, it's, it's an espresso machine. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's you wild. Know, it does iced coffee. Dude, I saw the seats in it before you filled it up. Yeah. I saw the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? I was like, I want to lay there. <laughs> Come on over. Dude, it's so wild. Bring some friends. I think that's like an I made it marker. You know, like... I don't know. You know, no, 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 I'm saying like there's certain though. weird things in life where it's like, all right, you get the car, blah, you get the fucking house, blah, whatever, you know, blah, but the, the, the jacuzzi, that's like the discretionary spend of like, you know, that you got to treat yourself. Well, nowadays, I think you got to have the jacuzzi, you got to have the sauna, you've got to have the cold plunge. Otherwise, you're you got to you got to have the personality. So. How funny is, uh, how funny is that the cold plunge thing? I'm like, nah. It's cool, but like, it's like, I just, I want to believe I'd use it, but I, I, I try I to like do cold in the, in the shower at the end of a shower and it, it sucks. I feel like people just do it for the Instagram, right? Yeah. I mean, who, I get, who, who, who isn't doing what for Instagram? I, I mean, know. Yeah. On. You're right. How, what's, what's your biggest like competitor as in far what? as like, you know what I mean? Cause you know what I mean? Like there's a, I guess it's like, you know what I mean? Like social media has such an impact where it's like, all right. You're, yeah. you're competing with the phone screen. Yeah, I mean, listen, all the little kids are doing TikTok, of course. I mean, everybody's doing it, but I don't really see that as a competition. People are still tuning in to watch live sports. They want incredible stories. That's why you see these true crime shows blow up. It's why, you know, the Kardashians still has staying power because they actually leverage both really, really well. Um, and people just want to know you know, they want to be entertained and they want to be able to sit on the couch and relax and watch something. And so you just got to be able to, you know, I think it's a balance. I find it fascinating though. A lot of people here, while they're watching Netflix, they got their phone in their hand, right? Well, I'm having a conversation with you. I've had my phone in my hand. Yeah, know, bro. Like, <laughs> well, well, we're fucking busy people, bro. We got a lot going on. <laughs> That's just where we're at in life. Dude, it's so wild. Um, I hope so, hope you guys learned here. Where can you, what's your Instagram where people can find you? It's just at Ryan Holcomb. H-O-L-K-O-M-B. Wow. After, see, he still has his, my name is Ryan Lionsgate in his phone. So yeah, because that's how I met you. Bro. I was, sit, I was sitting in an office picking my nose, dude. And all of a sudden you come in here with all this equipment. I'm like, who's this guy? And then that night we went and popped 
$15,000 table at the club and we're just like game over from wow, that. Wow, I actually, that dinner? I actually dinner? do remember the first moment I met you. Dude, it was at the dinner. We were in that no, d- no, 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 no. We sh- you were right the first time. We were shooting the scene with Alex and Michael in the office. Yeah. And you came in and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like you're bouncing off the walls. I'm trying to shoot a scene. Dude, you're like, I was annoyed this with guy? you. I was so annoyed with you. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Get this guy out of here. Yeah, blah, no, blah, no, blah. because because I'm I'm a like I'm a ball of energy. Yeah. And like and when I did I was on um I was on a uh supermarket sweep and the producers loved me. Sure. Right? Cuz it's like but like because I wasn't like cuz I was I'm such a ball of energy where it's like I was, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, if you knew of me and I was in it, it'd be like, this guy's great. But when you, when I'm sidelined, I'm this dude on the side. We're like, what the hell is this tornado doing over here? Cause I'm the guy who's on a stage my whole life, you know, DJing all over the country, doing all these crazy things. And it's like, and it's like, you want some camera candy? I'll give you some camera candy. And, uh, and one of the best things and, and the producers, on supermarket sweep were like dude you're like you were one of the f- most fun people to film this entire season because at the end when we lost we got second place i dropped to my knees because I, I one of my bonuses was a bouquet of roses from richard's roses and i get the get the 400 dollars bonus from the supermarket for the sweep for the supermarket sweep <laughs> it was so crazy so I had, a, I had my bonus in the hands when i lost i dropped to my knees with my book bo- with the bouquet of roses in my hands and then i got up and then I went over and gave him to Leslie, the the host, and gave her a kiss. And Whoa! The, and the producer, and this is like during this is right when we were all quarantined, bro. Where everybody was like super, all these rules and lawyers around oh us. God, you so gotta like, send me this. They're episode. like, they're like, oh my, they're like, oh my god, dude, he's he's walking over to her. You know, they're probably freaking out in the in the control room. They're like, he's going over there. Kiss. It was full blown. Cut. Send it. Surprised you didn't get hit with sexual harassment. For oh, no, 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 no. It was central. Careful these days. It was central, dude. <laughs> but yeah, dude, like, you know what I mean? Like, I've always, people have always told me, they're like, dude, you need to be some in front of some sort of camera, doing something wild. But that's well, what, here's what saved us was the next time I saw you, it was at Nobu. And then we went out for a crazy night and we clicked after that. So, yeah, you're like, this guy. History. Yeah, yeah, you're like, this guy. It's actually kind of fun, but it's like I like I need to be in front of a camera. Behind a camera, no good. On a stage, flourishing. In a club, not on a stage. I'm just like I want to be on that stage. I'm a stage guy. Well, um, I'm, an, I'm am I some like sociopath narcissist, dude? Like I just love attention. Like what is this? But that's why this podcast. Like I used to be afraid of microphones, dude. This is like an outlet yeah. for me. It's like you just talk and just talk shit. I think you're a natural. Dude, you're gonna keep it going. Is there, is How there, many episodes have you? Done? This is gonna be episode number seventy-three. I think. Wow. Yeah. Lucky seven. We're in like we're in like thirty different countries. Um, well, I think. Um, listen, we might need to go get another headshot here before Let's the go. goes down. Let's so. do it, um, <laughs> guys. Go to I don't know dude.com. I don't know dude podcast on Instagram. Uh, go find Ryan. Go say go watch his shows. Like you said, what's the one that's on right now? Make or break. Make on, or break on Apple Plus. Apple Plus. Go watch his show. Um, it was really cool, dude. I'm stoked we got to do this. Yeah, I appreciate it. This is uh, this has been fun. It's it's um like not that many people get to learn from a mind like yours because it's like I said, you came up self made in, in your own respect, and look at you now. Yeah, well, it Jacuzzi might be, it might be uh, the mo- most boring podcast you've done yeah, so far, right, but. dude? It's interesting, dude. Go, people, go look at this shit. It's really fun. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, all that good shit. That was fun. Cool. Cool, man. Stoked. Over Thanks, and out. Brother.